Hello, hello, hello. I'm fucking back. It has been too long. There have been so many things happening. And I am going to deep dive today into this move to New York. So I know a lot of people have probably seen social media. You know, a lot of people have heard me talk about it in the past of moving to New York. And I'm currently sitting in Manhattan recording this podcast. So I'm super excited, super proud. Um, But what I actually want to dive into before unleashing everything that's happened like the past year is just this transitional point in moving to New York. Um, You know, how it's affected me, how it's affected other people, how other people have affected me. So it's a lot. There's a lot that we're going to um, get into today. Um, First and foremost, I just want to say thank you to anyone showing up to listen to this. You know, it's very rare that an artist uh, in any form, and yes, podcasting is an art. If you don't believe me, we'll talk about it in the next 10 minutes. But it is an art, and I just want to say thank you to anyone showing up to listen to this because it has been almost a year since I've put out any content, and I've promised things before, and I've made intentions before, and things have fallen through for one, you know, one reason or another, um, but that being said, I am grateful to whomever is listening to this because it's not easy for me to do. It's not easy for people to make time, so I appreciate you. Uh, so let's see the, the rough side about this is that I have no editor here in New York and, um, my producer is in Indianapolis, which I'm sure there is a possibility in a way to do it, you know, with cloud or OneDrive or anything of those sorts. But as for today, we're coming fresh from the AirPods. (laughs) on the memo app on the iPhone. So anyone listening to this that wants to start their own podcast, it's absolutely possible just from your phone. Um, But I am very appreciative and grateful for DJ Antrim Music, Chris Schaefer, my producer. Um, He, you know, has always been there for me and the podcast and always encouraged me and always, you know, been by my side in putting content out and encouraging me and asking me what I'm thinking, what I'm going to do, trying to spread the word on that. And I'm just really, really appreciative of him, even if I cannot use his current services due to an 11-hour drive, like 700-something miles. But I love him. This podcast wouldn't be possible without him. It all got started with him. Um, And excuse the sniffles. I have terrible allergies. I'm sitting next to the Hudson River in a park right now in fucking Manhattan. I can't believe I did this shit. Um, This is, I feel like this is going to be a a rough podcast for me to get through just because it's been such an emotional experience. But also, I'm going to go ahead and apologize up front to any listeners because I have been out of the game for so long, which no fault to anyone but myself, but I've not done this in so long that I feel that my vocabulary is probably lacking, like the flow is probably lacking, 
And in essence, I'm literally sitting in a park talking to my fucking self. So please remember that and give me some grace if there are any hiccups in this podcast. I have no equipment, no producer, haven't recorded in a year. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I just appreciate you for showing up. With all of that being said, I have my notebook out. There are some major points that I want to hit, and I'm going to try and stay focused and on task and make this, you know, not necessarily short and sweet, but clear and concise. Um, So the first thing I have written down is where have I been? Damn, where have I been? So in the past year since I recorded, I have been through some very tumultuous experiences um, with my family, with some friends, with losing friends, uh, you know, putting my relationship through the ringer, putting myself through the ringer, gaining new friends, finding old friends. Like, there has been so much, and I promise you I will still all the fucking tea, sip all the champagne in the episode coming up after this. Um, For today, I just want to really divulge all the stuff with New York and what the past, oh gosh, how long have I been here now? I got here May 1st, pretty much, well, April 30th, but May 1st was my first day here. And today is June 22nd, 23rd, I think. So, uh, it's been, you know, about almost two months and that's what I want to make our main topic today. So since May and moving, the key words that I, you know, wrote down as my main emotional experiences are depression, anger, sadness, regret, fear, agitation, annoyance, humbling and forgiving. So let's unpack this. When I first moved here, I was probably the most depressed I've ever been. Um, I was very scared. And actually, my mom and my best friend, Chelsea, just, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head. They knew that I was going to have this experience. I had the same experience when I first moved to college, um, when I had my, you know, full ride scholarship that I had spent years earning. I shut down. I got there and I was like, I want to come home. I don't want to be here. I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. And then about two weeks of practice and meeting new friends, like I was fucking fine. So this was a little different. Uh, Something that I've been, you know, trying to let people know is I traded one dream for another. By that, I mean that for as long as I can remember, it's been my dream to get married and be a mom. And that may not be everybody's dream, but I have a very rocky relationship with my family. Um, Some fault is mine because I'm super dramatic. I'm super emotional. You know, there have been plenty of jokes from my family calling me the Kim Kardashian and just, you know, that's who I am. And it's taken me up until recently to learn not to apologize for that because it's never something that is an intentionality of hurting people or, you know, anything negative, really. It's just who I am. I'm super dramatic. I, I feel everything to the core. Like I don't just do something like I do something. 
And I'm sure a lot of you can see from, you know, my social media and a lot of people who know me can equally attest that I'm the same person socially that I am on social media. So who you meet in real life is who you see on social media. Um, And I had a friend recently tell me this line has like really stuck with me that I've been lying to myself. And I thought that was really, really peculiar. Um, First, because I feel like some people who are negative and some people who have like more of a cynical mindset may take the approach of saying, you know, God, she's just lying to herself. Like she's just talking this up. It's not shit. When I see it as manifestation, when I see it as like the life that I want, doing the things I want to do, um, I definitely am not a millionaire. I'm nowhere close to a millionaire. I have struggles. I say that I'm good a lot of the time when I'm really not. And I think that's just been a mechanism that I've built up because I don't want to have to explain myself to everyone. However, my closest and best friends have experienced a lot of emotional dump from me. You know, they have been so good to me and they allow me to fully be myself, but that can be a lot, you know, like for my little sister, that's too much for her. She, she's not cool with being close to me because I'm too much for her. I'm not her cup of tea for my best friend, Chelsea. We balance each other out. We've been doing this for 19 years for my boyfriend. It's hard for him sometimes because he's also an emotional person. So there, there are different factors and different facets to being, I keep saying the word dramatic, I guess you could interchange it with emotional as the context I'm trying to get across, but lying to myself, I just, I, it just hasn't, I haven't been able to shake that because I feel like I've really accomplished something by moving here and following through and I've manifested it and I've worked hard for it and I I don't think people understand, you know, if if they've never like moved away and they've never done something so just out of the ordinary as far as moving to a new city and getting away from your hometown and all of that good stuff. While you're planning and you're getting things going and you're packing and you're finding a new place to live and you're trying to figure out jobs and this, that and the other you really don't take into account like your own emotions because you're stressed, you're planning, you're getting things moving. And I feel like I really, really did not take into account how I was going to emotionally be affected by this experience. Because like I said, I traded one dream for another is what I felt like. I traded the dream of engagement and planning a wedding and making babies and moving in with my partner to come have one last selfish experience. And some people may not understand that, you know, some relationships I truthfully don't think would ever get through that. Um, I'm going to be bold and say that I don't have proof that my relationship will make it through that. Do I hope and pray and wish and have faith in it? Yes, I do. Because I do believe that Aaron is the love of my life and my partner for life. However, this move has been really hard on both of us. Um, I've been very needy in the midst of 
this depression. Now, let me just say, I, I probably came out of this like the first week of June, maybe beginning second week of June. Um, June is also really hard for me because it's my dad's birthday. It's his death anniversary and it's fucking father's day. So (laughs) it's, um, it's just like a whirlwind of emotion. So as I'm just trying to come out of a depression, I have very loving people reaching out to me being like, are you okay? Is everything all right? I know this is a hard time for you. And it was like, I had to consciously make that decision. Are we going to go back to this place of darkness or are we going to keep fucking pushing? So I was, see, see, this is where editing comes in. I was going to say pushing and moving and it sounded weird. So are we going to keep pushing? Yes, we are. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I, I just didn't account for the emotional pull that this move would have on me because I was so busy. I was fucking busy. I was like, you know, where am I going to put my shit? Let me say goodbye to all of my best friends. Let me make sure I get time with everyone. And even in this move of being selfish, I I wanted to show selflessness when I was preparing to move. You know, I, I wanted to be like to all my friends, where are you at? I'll meet you there. Or, hey, I only, you know, unfortunately have like one free hour. Can I come to your work? Do you want to come to my house while I pack? Like I really made an effort to make sure that everything was prepared and I got the chance to say goodbye to everyone that made the effort to say goodbye to me as well, Um, which was not easy. There were some people that we just didn't, you know, the time didn't line up. There were some people that I personally could have made more time for and I didn't. And that's hard, you know, when you when you get somewhere where you don't know anyone, you don't know anything about the area, you're living with three strangers, you, all you have is facing yourself. You know, you, you like I I was busy at first with, you know, unpacking and trying to find new things. And Aaron stayed for the whole first week that he moved me here, which I'm definitely diving into that <laughs> in a in a minute. Um, but as you can hear, probably there's a train going by. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's just been a lot and no one, unless you do it, you don't really grasp like how it really triggers and affects you when, when you are just planning it. I know I've said that three times now, but I just really want to emphasize, you know, please be gracious with the people around you who are following their dreams and making these big moves and making these big adjustments. It's, it's a lot harder than anyone realizes until you actually put yourself in that position. Now I'm not sitting here saying that it's okay for me to emotionally unravel and dump on my friends. No, it's not like, I understand that, but I also, I also made sure that I was mindful to them when they would be like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not well, do you have a second, you know, just making sure that they have free space in their world for me to let it all out. Um, I had a situation with one of my, you know, who I would call a soulmate, um, Aaron Caparella, we were inseparable. We were best friends. 
I went through a very negative, ugly breakup back in 2019. She was going through some personal stuff as well. And that moment in time, I just emotionally dumped on her. I did not ask if she had the space to hear it. I did not ask if she had the moment to hear it. I just, you know, unleashed everything. And because she was a good friend, she was like, oh, okay. And would like still advise and this, that, and the other. And then it became too much for her and it hurt our relationship and we almost lost each other. And that has really been kind of the foundational work of me making sure now that my friends actually have space for me. You know, it's not their job to listen to me. It's not their job to coach me. It's not their job to advise me. Um, Chelsea would probably say otherwise because I should have been paying this bitch to be my therapist for the past almost 20 years. But, you know, it's it's not their job to take care of my emotional state. It's nice that they ask and it's nice that they listen and offer what they can, but it's not their responsibility. So that whole lesson with Aaron Caparella has really taught me, you know, just to make sure that people are able to listen, make sure that they have the space themselves. And I really struggled when I got here. Um, So I see, I'm looking at these words again. So anger, sadness, regret. I think the, the regret portion was more so, like I said, trading one dream for another. You know, I could be in Indiana right now in a home with my boyfriend and probably engaged and planning a wedding, being with, you know, my nie- my nieces and nephews and hanging out with family. Yes, I definitely could do that. But I don't know. I I just feel like I've talked about New York for so long, like so, so long, like years. And it was finally becoming a reality. And truthfully speaking, you know, this is the last chance in my life that I can be selfish. For the rest of my life, I'm going to carry a different title. I'm going to carry the title of wife. I'm going to carry the title of mother. And I'm not put on this earth to serve my husband by any means. But that partnership takes a lot of effort and a lot of selflessness. Um, Granted, you know, any what I would view as healthy marriage, any healthy marriage, you're going to have moments where you can be selfish, you know, give him a man cave, give her a pedicure once a week, like that's you time, selfish time, whatever floats your boat and works for your marriage. I do think it's imperative that people still allow one another to have those selfish aspects, but as a whole, like you can no longer be selfish. Like you need to be respectful of someone else's time, of someone else's efforts. You know, what are we making for dinner? What's your schedule today? Like that communication aspect that, yes, I still have it right now because I'm in a respectful relationship and a very loving one. Um, I still make sure that Aaron knows, you know, what I'm doing and where I'm going and all that good stuff just out of pure respect and safety at this point, given that I'm in a completely different state alone. Um, But at the end of the day, like technically speaking on a very immature level, I don't have to tell him shit right now. I choose to because that's how we like our relationship. Um, So that's kind of the regret piece. I'm going to group together the anger, agitation, and annoyance. Clearly, I was feeling some type of way when I wrote these fucking notes. So in grouping those together, I would say I felt a lot 
almost of a sense of betrayal with certain people. Like no one was trying to understand, not no one, but the people that I wanted to be understanding of where my emotions were at were far from it. Um, I have someone that I would consider a best friend, like someone that I would want in my wedding one day, someone that, you know, I've been very close to uh, since the pandemic started. And I have to keep in mind that that person is in a new relationship. They're in the honeymoon phase. They're on this amazing opportunity, like train at work and making a lot of money. So their life looks very incredible. It, it, and it should be, you know, I'm, I'm very happy for them, but because my life was quite dark and quite opposite when I moved here, um, I don't think that person really had space for me to be down in the dumps. You know, their life is bright and sunny and happy right now. And then you have one of your best friends being like, what the fuck have I done? Like, this is insane. Why am I here? I'm coming home. And and just very sad and negative. And I, it just didn't, it wasn't a good fit. Um, that's also the person that said that I've been lying to myself. And I think that really, really stuck with me simply because I don't have it all together. I I have a lot of amazing life experience that I can share with other people and that I love sharing with other people, um, which if you guys have not checked out the website, it's chinosbest.com. It's just the podcast name.com. I actually just got a message the other day that I, in fact, now own my website as I have fully paid my contract um, to the developer, which is super exciting. Corey Utech, if you guys need anything, please reach out to him. Um, amazing, has crafted exactly what I wanted out of a website. But all that being said, to the point of I love advising people. I love offering the knowledge that I've gained from each experience to this podcast, to people. The website is definitely more situational. Like if you have a specific situation and you want to talk to me about it, that's why I did it. You know, not everybody can afford therapy. Not everybody wants to share their life story with somebody. And this podcast, you know, really opens up so you guys can see that I'm human too. And like I said, I'm, I'm not a certified psychologist. I'm not a certified life coach. It's more like a, an open platform of mentorship where you can get an open perspective. Um, for a lot of listeners, you guys probably remember the hashtag reframe your brain. And that's my forte is like, Hey, like this situation kind of sucks, but also let's try and see it from this side, this side, this side. So now instead of one point of view, you have a kaleidoscope of options to help you better handle your situations. So for me, I really felt like I feel like me being very honest, no matter what, like truthfully, just not trying to hide things, not trying to be like, oh yeah, everything's great when it's fucking not, especially to my best friend. That to me is a level of respect. I, I am respecting people by being transparent. And now I'm not going to sit there and fucking be like giving my entirety of my life story and every single little thing that is going on in my life because one most people don't give a fuck and two like 
I, as I've gotten older, there are some levels of privacy, which I've actually learned that from my little sister because that bitch can have the worst day and the most stressful thing going on. And you would have no idea. Like she handles it really well. My big sister is very private as well. So for me, like me coming out to the public and being like, here's a podcast, here's a website, here's my social media. Yes, I'm the same person in real life as I am social media, but it's, it's very like, look at my entire fucking life. And that can be, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes invasive. Um, so I do try and maintain a certain level of privacy, but I, I think it's very important for people to know they're not alone. Like that's the whole point of this podcast, the blog, the website is I don't want people to feel alone. I don't want people to feel like I feel. And that's kind of where that anger, annoyance, agitation, like all of those things came from because I felt like, damn, like I'm really being honest and I'm really being transparent. And yet I have someone like shitting on my life and it only happened from one person. Um, and I think that's why it hurt the most and broke my heart because this person means a lot to me. And it was just hard. Like it, it was like the way that it read from my perspective was, Hey, you're disrupting my current happiness. I don't feel sorry for you because you chose this. So it is what it is. I'm stepping away for now. And to me, I felt like that was really selfish but on the other hand, I'm like, okay, why shouldn't that person be selfish? They're like on a high in life right now. They don't want to be brought down. But then I bounce back and I'm like, damn, like this person has a a reputation with a few that is, you know, can be negative, can be cynical. And I've never said anything. I've never been like, hey, you're being this, that, and the other. I've just always listened. I've tried to be there. I've tried to be the best friend that I know how to be. And I felt like that wasn't being reciprocated. Does that make that person wrong? No. Does that make me wrong? No. It's just the differences of perspective and the differences of current lifestyles. And that's the biggest, that's like the hardest thing for me is letting go of what people say to me. It cuts me to the core. Like I said, I'm a very emotional Some might also interchange that for dramatic, like I am go big or go home to the fucking core. And so when something disrupts what my portrayal of a relationship, a friendship, a familial, anything, like when something disrupts that, I get not only defensive, but concerned. I instantly want to fix it. And, And sometimes that's not possible to instantaneously do anything for that matter, but I need the why. Like, that's the type of person I am. Like, if you don't fuck with me, okay, tell me why. Tell me why so I know, so I can grow and be a better person. And that's where people get it fucked up. Like, people are like, oh, my God, she's so annoying. Why does she care? I just don't fuck with her. It's because I'm constantly at a rate that I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be better. Like, did I upset you? Did something I say upset you? Like, you know, what is triggering the the desire to no longer be associated with me if you would be so gracious to tell me I may avoid this same conflict and same upsettingness with someone else that's what it's all about is I I'm trying to get to a level where I'm constantly improving so that my circle is closer 
my enemies are lesser and that I can properly communicate to the people around me. I, I, just, I guess I just, I don't know. I don't understand when the closed mindedness just makes people be like, fuck this, fuck that. I'm out, cut it off. It's that cancel culture mentality where people are not interested in improving something. They just don't want to deal with it. And I think that feeds a lot into our society, our culture, our need for instant gratification. You know, like some girls, I, I mean, I'm not going to say names, but some of you be out here. If you don't get 200 likes on something, you'll delete the picture. Minimum 200 likes. I could post a picture one day and get 300 likes and post a picture the next day and get 25. I don't give a fuck. My Instagram is a, a portfolio. It's a photo album of the life that I live and the things that I'm proud of and the things that make me happy. Like, I, what? that's a whole different conversation. Um, so the I want to circle back to like the last two words being humbling and forgiving. So this has been humbling for me because I am a very, you know, strong person. I do what I want. I say what I want. I, I live the life that I want to a certain extent. You know, I'm, I'm trying to better myself and better my future life. So I don't have to struggle. So I don't have to hustle three and four jobs. So I don't have to fucking kill myself 80 hours a week to make ends meet. I don't, I don't ever want to make that a continuous cycle. And that's what my life has been for probably the past 10 years, unfortunately. Um, but again, no fault to anyone but myself. Like I'm terrible at saving money. I get money and I want to spend it. I'm more about the experience than the security, if that makes sense. Uh, but I'm working on it. I'm getting better. I saved fucking seven grand to move to New York. I've never saved more than a hundred dollars in my goddamn life. And I saved thousands of dollars to move myself here. And I, I made it a goal that I did not want to get here and instantly jump into work. I, I didn't want to do that. The whole month of May, I literally did not work. I, you know, have dabbled in a couple of things from my phone and my computer, but I didn't want to not be able just to fucking go like like right now I'm literally sitting in the middle of a park in the middle of the day because I can and that that wouldn't be possible if I wouldn't have created like a little bit of a foundation for me to coast on to make sure you know I I paid April rent in two places I paid May rent in New York I paid a security deposit which is equivalent to rent in New York it, it's like thousands of dollars were gone within minutes and I you know, I, I needed to not work. I needed to decompress. And, and that's why it was humbling is that I haven't just sat with myself in a long time. I've worked, I've provided for others. I've killed myself to have four to five plans a day. And, and anyone who knows me can completely 1 million percent attest to that. Like if you have an event that you want me at, I will make that fucking shit happen. It doesn't matter what I have going on. It doesn't matter if I work in an hour, I'll make sure to stop by on my way. It doesn't matter if I already had plans. I'm going to try everything I can to make sure that if you took the time to invite me, I want to respect that. If you took the time to think like, oh, I'd really like 
Chino to be here. I'm going to do everything I can to make the time to to respect that you wanted me at whatever it is. Some of some people may get on here and be like, oh, that's people pleasing. Like you need to be stronger than that. It's not people pleasing. I fucking enjoy it. Those people show up for me. And even some of them that don't, they will. It, it's all about your network. It's all about that communication and all about reciprocation. You know, you show up for me, you know, four different times. You see me out somewhere. Uh, we're, we're now going to have dinner together. We're now going to drink together or something. You know what I'm saying? Like it's reciprocating people's efforts. And that's what your network is. I always have fucking said your network is your Bible. That I mean, like, how can it not be? I would, I can tell you right now, when I choose to get married, I got a makeup artist, bartenders, DJs, an event hall, multiple people that could contribute to this amazing experience in my life because I've curated a network. I've curated being able to call someone and be like, hey, I need this. And we make it happen because they know that they can do that to me as well. So the humbling aspect, it, it was just a matter of being by myself. I haven't been by myself in, in so long to really face myself. And I, uh, my friend Paige Thompson, if you guys need a personal trainer, that's a bitch to go to, her or Hannah Stuber uh, on social media. They're both fucking amazing. But Paige got me a book called 20-something, 20-everything. Um I want to say it's Christina Hassler, Hessler. I don't have it with me, so I don't want to, like, mess that up. Um, This book has been phenomenal for me um, because it's an interactive workshop. You know, it, it makes you dive deep into who you are, where you come from, what do you want, why do you want that? All of these things that You know, we talk about, we see on Instagram, we repost, we mention, we see, like, it's just, it's constantly surrounding. Those questions are constantly surrounding you. Your reactions and the way you live your life probably have some sort to do of the foundation of how you grew up and, like, the people around you and things of that nature. So I I forced myself to start doing this self-work, to sit there and read this book and follow the interactions that it requires you to do, which any, any girl in your twenties and thirties, please fucking get this book. Just please do just trust me. It has completely transformed my level of thinking in this huge life change. Um, I would say gentlemen fucking read it, but a lot of it is based around women. Like the, the verbiage itself is based around things that women deal with. Um, I, unfortunately, I guess I should have done research and found like an equivalent book for guys, but I am not sure what that would be, but I have to keep pausing this because people are walking past me and they're just so fucking loud. They're loud. Welcome to New York. Um, I think someone's walking up now, but I don't, I've I've already put the phone away, so it's too late, but it's been a, it's been that humbling experience because how many of you really take time to face yourself? Like how many people really sit down and they're like, okay, why am I being a dick today? Why did I lash out on this person? Why do I have everything I need and I'm still unsatisfied? It's like, 
How many of you actually sit down to really dive into those questions? I'll fucking wait because I know it's not many of you. I mean, I haven't even really actively been doing it the way I should be until I had no other choice. Until I was sleeping 16 hours a day and watching fucking trash Netflix TV. Like, and I love Netflix. I'm saying like trash TV, like reality TV on Netflix. Um, and eating like shit and not working out and just fucking being a blob for me to be like, dude, I accomplished something. I literally accomplished fucking moving myself to fucking New York City because I said that I could and I knew that I would. And what have I done? Sat there and bit a goddamn blob. For what? For what? And if anybody wants to sit here and say that, you know, the strongest people are never going to go through this, like, you're weak, you're this, you're that, please hop the fuck off right now. Because that's not what it's about. What it's about is that everybody feels these things and we're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Not only is cancel culture fucking vast, but we all sit there and want to preach that mental health awareness and all this other bullshit is a necessity, but we don't actually practice it. Let that sink in. You want to preach something, but you don't practice it. Oh boy, could I go down a rabbit hole on this shit. Everything from politics to racism to love to money, you preach shit that you don't practice. So I'm here to let you know that the things that I preach are literally happening. And yes, I'm strong as fuck. Yes, I'm independent. Yes, I know what the fuck I want. Yes, I'm working towards getting it. But hey, I hit a fucking road bump. Are you kidding me? Anybody who lives in Indiana, welcome to the potholes. Like, (laughs) like it's. It's ignorant to think that you can just bulldoze through shit and not have emotions and not have hard times. Um, I think the forgiveness aspect was very interesting to me because I hold a lot of resentment towards my family. Uh, I just have always felt judged by them and misunderstood and, you know, kind of made fun of as being the dramatic one and being the emotional one and everything is this, this, and this. And, uh, what I've noticed is that, and and to each their own, but a lot of people in my family are pretty emotionless. Like, they're okay and content with the lifestyles that they're living, and they may not necessarily be feeling deeply. You know, like, that that's a scary thing for them. They may not be out living the way that they want to because they're content or because they're scared or because it's not safe. And that's fine and well. If that's the life you choose, I'm not here to tell you that it's wrong. But don't condemn me and make me feel like my lifestyle is wrong for being a bartender, for being emotional, for sitting there and traveling and moving to a whole new fucking crazy ass city. Like, I'm not for everybody. I recognize that. And that's fine. The point is that I have struggled forgiving the people closest to me because they made me feel the worst about myself. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can can equally say that that's that hits pretty close to home because the people you want to impress the most, the people that you crave the attention from, the the respect, the compassion, the love, the desire, all of those things come from the people closest to you. And when you're not receiving that, there is a void, there is a hole, and then in comes resentment and anger and negativity and all of these things, and for as long as I can remember, I even fucking watched home videos the other day, 
And my whole life has been like, oh, Mackenzie, you're too much. Mackenzie, you're so dramatic. By the way, plot twist, that's my real name for those new listeners out there. Um, but that's how it's always been is I'm too much. I'm too dramatic. I'm too emotional. Okay. Maybe for you, but for me, this is who I am. This is what I like. I I like to feel deeply. I like to look at a butterfly and cry. I like to be level 10, beat your ass when I'm in a volleyball game. Like I like feeling deeply And I've been apologizing for it the majority of my life because it doesn't satisfy the people around me. And that's not fucking fair. So in that, it's almost the forgiveness aspect is kind of uh, two-sided, is that I am learning to forgive my family around me and some of, you know, the friends that I've lost and, and some of the friends that I've recently lost because you know, they may, they may be closed minded. You know, they, they may not have the gift of perspective that I do. They may have things that they're burying that they're not ready to work through. It's not up to me or to anyone else to tell them when that process has to start. And if they so choose not to ever start that process, you know, that's the cross they have to bear. But it's, um, it's also about forgiving myself, you know, forgiving myself for, for being so hard on myself and for being so, I guess hard on myself would be the best way to to put it. Because I feel like I've always been trying to prove to the people around me, like, I just want them to be proud. I just want them to look at me and be like, oh my God, that's my sister. Hell yeah. Or, oh my God, that's my daughter. Hell yeah. I, um, I've spent a lot of time being judgmental on other people who I felt didn't offer me the courtesy of open-mindedness. Now that's not excusing it. That's not saying it's okay for me to fucking act like that, but I'm just being transparent and saying that that is how I have acted. Um, you know, my little sister is a prime example. I have judged the fuck out of her for, you know, having kids who she had kids with at the beginning, you know, how she's living her life, how I view that she's living her life. And it like dawned on me, which this was a trigger from that 20 something, 20 everything book is that all I've been craving and from multiple people, not just my little sister, you know, we're in a good place. I'm, I'm not trying to like sit here and stir shit or anything. Um, but I feel as though I was craving her approval because she used to give it to me effortlessly. I used to be like the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread in her eyes. And that annoyed me. You know, you all have siblings. When you're in high school and your sibling's younger, you're like, oh my God, get out of my room. Leave me alone. We don't want to hang out with you. No, you can't ride with us. And then now I'm like, hey, can I come over? Can I hang out? Can we cuddle? Can we <laughs> like, I just want to like, like be around her all the time as an adult, now I, you know, we all make mistakes. And, and like I said, at the very beginning of this, no one is more at fault, less at fault. I'm not innocent. People in my life are not innocent. We're all just fucking trying to figure that shit out. And I, I think that's why it's important to have perspective because each and every single day you're, you're gaining knowledge to handling people better, handling yourself better, handling the curveballs better. You know, it's, it's all, about broadening your perspective. Um, 
but it, it just was interesting to me that the approval that I was so craving, I stopped giving. And I, I understand like sometimes people are better to be cut off from your life. I understand that, you know, not everyone is meant to actively be in each other's lives. But for me, you know, especially in my current relationship, I've realized that their family is super, super close. That exemplifies what I am trying to do with the the future family that I'm building. And that's something I'm trying to repair with my current family. Um, And it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. You, You don't know what the I don't know what the fuck my mom was thinking when she was my age. We've never, we've never had the time to sit down and do it, you know, have the discussions. And then I got to a place where I was so angry because I felt, you know, that I always had to apologize for being myself. I I felt judged. I felt like nothing I could do was good enough. I felt like I could never get the approval of my family, which are the people I wanted it most from. So then that transfers into social media, my relationships. I'm, I'm holding the public and my friends and my partners to this higher standard to fulfill these gaps that my family could not fill for me. And yes, yes, for all of you out there, girl, just do it yourself. You can fill your own cup. Yes, to an extent. Are you fucking kidding me? We all need somebody. If you are truly content with being a loner, then good for you. It ain't for me. Yes, I like alone time. Yes, I like being by myself. But I'm a people's person. I like people. I like being around people. I like talking to people. I like meeting strangers. I've literally made friends with three different people walking in Central Park since I moved here, which is really fucking cool. (laughs) Like, I'm a people's person. But... on that forgiveness aspect, you know, it it just really was interesting to me that I have been holding on to this sadness and this anger and this lack of approval and this constant judgment from the people closest to me. And it, it got to a point where I was like, damn, I've been so understanding of them and so kind and so non-judgmental like being like yeah whatever if that's what you want to do if that's how you feel and supporting them and hyping them up and being like you're wonderful you're great I love you and that's family and friends and partners for that matter just being like the fucking hype squad bitch to now being irritated and resentful and like damn I fucking hyped you for so long where the fuck is my hype but that's not what it's about and that's what I've struggled the most with is is pouring into people and learning to be okay with getting nothing in return. And that's really, really, really hard for me, especially when it comes to my family is, is being okay with getting nothing. And that's, that's a, that's a tough thing. Like that boils down to who you are as a person. Are you okay with pouring yourself into others and getting nothing back? How will you decide or need to fill what you're pouring out? And it's not easy. But it did register to me, you know, like I need to I need to forgive the people closest to me. I need to forgive my boyfriend for. (laughs) Oh, God, this motherfucker. I love him. He's amazing. I'm obsessed with him. Let's start with that. (laughs) Let's second that by saying that his bitch ass could have moved to New York and he chose to sign another lease in Indiana. And that ate me up. 
ate me the fuck up. Like his lease ended the same time mine did. And he easily could have moved to New York and he chose not to. That being said, I have to forgive that. Are you kidding me? New York isn't everyone's dream. Like point fucking blank. It's not everyone's dream. I can't expect him to be like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll just move there for a year with you. Would I have liked that? Yes. Would that have made a huge difference in like the, the hardships we faced our first month, six weeks apart? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not for him. That's it. That's where it ends. It's not for him. I have to learn how to forgive my mom. My mom is the greatest friend you will ever have. <clears throat> and some of my best friends will tell you that I have said that for years. But I personally thought she was a terrible parent because I felt like I had the fucking iron fist and strict parenting while my sibling did not. And that was hard for me. That was really, really hard for me. And I still don't think I'm, I'm fully on that forgiveness aspect, but I'm getting there. Um, I think my mom did the very best she could. I never went without, you know, like I never, I never sat there and didn't have school books or lunch or food or doctor's appointments. Like I, I had everything that you needed on the checklist of making sure your kid stays a fucking live, but it's not enough. It's not, at least it wasn't for me. It may be for some other people. And I, I mean, fuck only knows how different cultures are that I'm not aware of. But for me, it was not enough. But here's the thing, that forgiveness aspect, what the fuck has my mom been burying and going through? You know, like, what was she going through? Now that I'm older, I see, like, my dad was in between jobs all the time. I can't imagine what it would be like to make sure that two cars, two kids, a home, <clears throat> everything's paid for be by yourself. Yes, she did it because she had to. She found a fucking way. But when you're a child, that translates into like, well, why is mom never here? Why is mom not at my game? Why is mom not doing this? And it was because she didn't have a choice. But I didn't see that at the time. I, I It was a built resentment because of my perception as a child was, well, why doesn't she want to be here? Why doesn't she care? And that's not what it was. Can you only just take a fucking second to think about the people closest to you and how long you've known them? You know, I've I mean, I met my boyfriend eight years ago, but we've been together since April. If any of you know, Aaron, 420 of 20. So that was really funny. Um, but I we officially started dating June of 2020. So technically, we've been in a relationship for a year. He's 28 fucking years old. So from 27 to the beginning of his life, that's 27 years of emotions, experiences, people, things, places that I'm not aware of. So it's been really hard when his certain reactions to me, I have to deeply, <laughs> deeply, like the depths of who I am as a person, try, and I'm not always, but try and be understanding and be like, eh, okay, wait a second, where is this actually coming from? And I feel like that's the problem. We're, we're in this instantaneous society of give me this, give me that right when I want it right now. But we don't take a moment to look at the foundation of those people, those places, those things. Like, why do people act that way? 
Where does that come from? Now, let me, okay. Blatant fucking disrespect. No. Get popped in your fucking jaw. Fuck off. You know, just fuck off. Get fucked. But for the people that are close to you and the people that you want to keep in your life and the people that mean everything to you, you know, there has to be a, a deeper aspect to it. You know, as far as forgiving my mom, you know, it's like, damn, that bitch had me when she was 32. And I, I mean, I'm now 29 years old, so she's in her 60s. And for the majority of my life, I've been very angry at her. Has she made mistakes? Yeah. Are there mistakes that she can't come back from? I'm going to say no, because I, I think the majority of things everyone can come back from. Everyone can get some level of forgiveness from those things. I'm just not ready to give it. I'm working on it, but I'm, I'm just not. I am. I Anger resentment, all of those things stem from a place of hurt, you know, and, and there are some things that just blatantly are like, what the fuck is this person doing? And I've had moments like that with my mom, but I will tell you this, the moment it changed for me, Ooh, I could cry thinking about it. The moment that it changed for me is when I was driving to New York. Ooh, sorry guys. And I felt like I, I just felt like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to turn this car around. I need to find an apartment in New York. I need to get, you know, my deposit back. I'm not doing this. And my mom was calling me probably every couple hours on my 11-hour drive. And this is what triggered me. She goes, Mackenzie, this is wonderful. You are far braver than I ever could have been there it fucking was. There was that approval aspect that I have been craving and needing and searching for for fucking 20 something years is the acknowledgement that I am a big personality person. I am going to do whatever the fuck I want. I am independent. I do work hard. And I needed that. I needed to hear from my mom that what she thought of me as a person was fucking brave. What a great fucking moment. Like, I, like I'm like crying because of, of, of sadness, but also crying of happiness is like, oh, my God. Like, what a pivotal moment in my mom and I's relationship. She probably doesn't even know it. But it was huge, huge, especially for me. Hey, guys, just want to take a brief second to not only say thank you for listening, but to encourage you to check out an event that I am helping plan and do marketing for by developing with Devin. You can find her on Instagram. We are hosting a women's summit in Niagara Falls, September 24th through the 26th. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on my website or on Instagram. We would love to see anyone and everyone available to come, come participate. It is a women's only event. So that being said, guys, this could be a great opportunity to pay for your girl to go. This is about entrepreneurship. This is about mental health. This is about loving yourself. And we just think it's very, very important to get everyone together, to reframe our mindsets, and to move forward as a group. So again, 
go ahead and check that out. You can find details at Developing with Devin on Instagram, the link in her bio, or feel free to message us on Instagram or off the website, and we look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the show. So, enough about that. We'll, uh, we'll, that's a different episode. Maybe I'll uh, have my mom on and <laughs> just fucking get down and nitty gritty on stuff. Who knows? But those were the keywords. What's really funny is I feel, you know, I need to get through this a little quicker because I, as you know, I call my brain the domino effect. Like one thought triggers another. And then all of a sudden I'm like down this rabbit hole of random shit and I got to circle back. But those were the keywords I wrote down. Um, you know, I, as far as this move to New York, I haven't taken a moment to be proud of myself and feel the accomplishment, not only saving the money, but organizing this, you know, holding myself accountable to find a room to move into and, um, get everything situated and save the money and, accomplish something that I've been talking about for years. You know, I, I've been talking about this since right before my dad died. So like 2015. So this has been something that has been in the works for a long time for me mentally. And I never really buckled down with myself and saved the money and made sure that I made it happen. It was just always talk. And now I fucking did it. Like I literally made it happen. And in all of the you know, parting ways with some friends and working through the emotional navigation of family stuff and plot twist. This is for a different episode, but I found out I have a biological brother, um, which is really fucking cool. I can't wait to meet him. His name is Josh and he just seems so sweet. He looks like my dad. He's built like my dad. So I'm probably going to break down in fucking tears when I meet him. Uh, I'm going home for 4th of July weekend where I get to meet him. And I am, I am very excited. That was too long of a pause. Josh, if you're listening, <laughs> that wasn't a bad pause. I'm very excited. Um, but I also am, I don't want to be too much for him because like I said, this whole thing has been about me being like a lot for people. And I am a lot of a person. I'm a big, big, big personality. I'm a big dreamer. I'm just a big whatever I fucking want to be. I'm big at it. Um, but it's going to be very surreal to see someone that, you know, is walking around that might walk like my dad or look like my dad and, and have the build of my dad when I haven't been able to see that person, someone who is my best friend for six years now. So it's, I'm excited but I don't want to like see him and like fucking fall apart. Cause he's going to be like this crazy bitch, but <laughs> all in all, I'm sure one day I will have Josh on an episode. It'll probably be very emotional, but very intriguing because there's a lot that I don't know. And you know, he's in his late thirties. There's, there's things that have been almost 40 years of his life and, and I don't know anything about it. So it's, it'll just be very interesting. Um, but you know, I, I haven't, I was saying that I haven't like felt proud or accomplished and like all the plot twist things that have happened to me. Um, 
which again, like I said, will be for a different episode, but I feel like the most, um, the craziest thing is really just like sitting and relishing in the fact that like, oh my God, this is Central Park. Oh my God, this is the Empire State Building. Oh my God, these are things that I've seen on Instagram. And like, this is my life now. Like, it's not just a visit. Like, this is my complete life. Um, I think the biggest thing when people are like, why New York? And when I have visited here, it was the only place that didn't make me feel too big. And like I was saying, like I've faced a lot of judgment from a lot of people, especially people closest to me. Um, I'm sure there's people that fucking look at my Instagram and they're like, who the fuck does this bitch think she is? And like, they don't fuck with me at all just because of how I look or like that my captions might be too long. You know, you never fucking know. Everybody's got their own fucking thing going on. But when I came to New York and I just remember telling people like, I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to meet people that others don't get the opportunity. I'm going to do it big. I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to make my passions a fucking career. People in New York don't look at you like you just fucking like appeared out of a black hole and as the fairy godmother of the moment, like people don't look at you like you're insane. They look at you and they're like, damn, that's really cool. How, why do you, why do you like doing that? People where I'm from, people closest to me, they'll look at you and they're like, oh, well, like, what if you don't? The fuck you mean? What if I don't? Like, I could I could say, what if you don't make it to work on your fucking 20 minute drive to go push papers for someone you don't respect? You know, what, what do you mean? What if the fucking fryer at your job decides to explode in your face and you get severe burns and you don't make it? You're in a coma the fuck do you mean? What if it doesn't work? Nothing can work. No, nobody knows if anything's possible or going to work, but we fucking try. We do it anyways. That's the point. And I feel like no, no person that I have encountered in New York has ever made me feel, um, like I'm an idiot or made me feel like my dreams are too big. Like they've encouraged them. They've been like, Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that sounds awesome. Someone's riding by on a bike with music, as you guys can hear. He's fucking cruising. Okay, so we touched on the emotions. We touched on trading one dream for another. We touched on how some people just are not really getting it, and there's a little bit of a detachment right now. Um, I will say that the the hardest part was feeling paralyzed. You know, I, I felt paralyzed with this podcast for almost a year because I felt like I couldn't please everyone. And I, okay, this is pivotal. I will never forget going to dinner with Zach and Ashley Hommel. And they asked me why I haven't been doing it. And, and I said, I was like, I feel like it's not going to resonate. Like, especially with COVID and everything happening and the world just fucking freaking the fuck out about so much right now. I was like, damn, like, I don't want to get on here and 
I, I can't not be honest. I can't get on here and be like, everything's great. Life is happy when it's fucking not. When I was moments of depression, moments of anger, moments of working through tough things, I wasn't going to sit there and make a podcast and make it seem like that wasn't the fuck what was going on. So I avoided recording. And then I would get in a mindset where I was like, okay, cool. Like I can record, but I would be stuck with other things. So I would all of a sudden get, you know, a, a burst of energy or like feeling inspired. And then I was on my way to a job. And so obviously I can't record a podcast in a 15 minute drive or I had dinner plans or this and the other. So it was like, I was constantly conflicted with, I feel like the content is honest, but I can't fucking release that shit because then, then what happens? Then people who are searching for something positive in such a dark time in our world are going to come on my shit and be like this fucking bitch. She's so annoying. The whole world is sad right now. Get over yourself. The whole world is angry right now. Get over yourself. And then they would never come back. So I remember telling this to Zach and Ashley and they were like, now, why do you do it? And I was like, I do it to help people. I want people to feel like they're not alone. I want people to feel like what they're going through in any moment in time is normal, is, is honest and that they shouldn't be afraid of their emotions and, and they're allowed to feel how they feel and that it shouldn't be hidden. Like I want people to come to this podcast and be like, holy fucking shit. That is something I never thought about. Thank you. This helped reshape my situation. I want to be that person that offers insight and offers perspective from the situations I've been through, whether they be positive or negative and offer that insight. So someone can make a better decision for their own life. I just want to help people. That's all I want. I just want to help people. I want people to feel like they have a safe place to come and listen and vent and talk to me. And again, chinosbest.com, C-H-E-E-K-N-O-W-S-B-E-S-T.com. Get on there, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. But that was, that's, the main thing. I want people to feel not alone. I want people to feel like they have a place to come to get free insight. Well, not free on the website. You'll see when you get there, but a place where they can come and just listen and expand their own thoughts and expand their own emotions and help them dive deeper into who they are and what they want and just make the world a fucking better place. I know that I can't do it all by myself. And I know there's a bazillion podcasts out there and amazing therapists and amazing people who don't have platforms for podcasting or just, you know, know their shit, but they're not interested in podcasting. whatever the fucking case may be. I just want to help people. And Ashley fucking dropped this bomb. She said, the podcast should not be for anyone but you. I just looked at her. I was like, what in the fuck? Because this is coming from a woman who I respect so much, her and her husband both. They lead men and women's retreats. They are very, you know, God-driven people. They have a very strong marriage. They've been through some tough things themselves. These are people that I look at that I respect and honor and the fact that I get to be around them for free when they drop fucking knowledge that people pay for it it just blows my mind it blows my mind that they choose me and that they let me choose them I think that's amazing so all that being said Ashley said the podcast should be for you like 
do it for the you a year ago. Do it for the 23-year-old you when you lost your dad. Do it for the 15-year-old you who was fucking ripping her hair out and hating her life and hating everything. Do it for you. Like, do it for those versions of yourself and, like, the growth that you have come across and the things that you have felt and, and the way that you've grown. Because let me just tell you guys, oh, God, I've made some fucking mistakes. Oh, my God. Some of my biggest mistakes are threatening people to defend my little sister. My little sister is a twat to me 90% of the time. Am I obsessed with her? Yeah. Do I love her? Absolutely. Do I want to be her best friend? Literally every single day. And I'm sure she is beyond annoyed with it. But that being said, I... Well, I, every single time that she has brought something to my attention, that someone has done or said something fucked up to her, I will roast the fuck out of somebody literally without, without even hesitation. My sister could call me and tell me that she hates me and wants nothing to do with me. And 20 minutes later, tell me she has an issue and I will sort it out for her. I have said some terrible shit to people in defense of my sister. I have never physically done anything. Almost did her friend Bailey one time, which Bailey, Bailey and I, we've laughed at the story. We've long since surpassed it. Um, <laughs> different story for a different time, but it's, uh, it almost got physical. It never has, but, um, <laughs> I haven't always had perspective. I've been a very extreme person in, well, it's my way or or no way. And I feel like I have had plenty of moments where I know to my core in my soul that I am right. <laughs> I'm like, no, I am right. I know I'm right. I have researched this. I've lived it. I've breathed it, breathed it. Is that right? Anyways, I know for a fact that I am 100% right. And it took losing some great people in my life for me to fucking fall on the concept of perspective because your your perception which I know the the last episode I did was uh perception and perspective and people's perception really is the reality that's not just some cliche fucking sentence it's like how they view things. And that's a basis of, like we said earlier, the foundation of all the years before you knew that person. That's, that's why they make the decisions they do. That's why they feel the way they do. And I lacked perspective for a long time because my perception of reality was I'm right. This is right. I know for a fact it's right. And I would fight tooth and nail, tooth and fucking nail to prove that I was right. And sometimes I was fucking wrong. Would I admit it? Yeah. After already burning a fucking bridge and pissing people off and hurting feelings. Yeah. Then I would admit it. Then I would be like, I'm sorry, you were right. And it wasn't necessarily always sincere either. So with all that, <laughs> that's, that's why the podcast, you know, I, I've made fucking mistakes. I've said and done some stupid fucking shit. I really don't know one person who hasn't, but it's a, it's about the growth moving forward. You know, I know right now there's this this huge debacle going on with, you know, Chrissy Teigen. I'm not a fan of Chrissy Teigen. I think she's always trying to stir shit and she's a very negative person and she's just trolling people left and right because she's a celebrity and she thinks she's untouchable. Well, now we're seeing she's not untouchable. Um 
do I wish that, you know, she's losing things that she worked hard for and like going through this fear? No, absolutely not. Nobody deserves that. No matter, you know, unless you're a rapist or a murderer that I stand by. Don't argue with me on it. I don't give a fuck what your opinion is. That's mine. That's my perspective. Leave it. But there are some really hateful things that have been said by certain people, Chrissy Teigen being one of them, myself being one of them, because we're all fucking human. And like I said, not everybody's ready to forgive yet. You know, we gotta, we have to quit forcing that aspect down people's throats. Like I was mentioning the person that I, I love, who's one of my best friends who were on the outs right now. I, I had a couple moments in, in a word exchange where I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Like, and I, I like accepted what they were saying and I just continued to act as we normally do. I continued to just be like, oh, this is what I'm doing today. This is what's going on. Let me know what you have going on. And just like, I mean, this is someone I FaceTime and text and speak to literally every single day for the past year. And I was like, okay, that's how this person feels. I'm just keep going. I'm just going to keep speaking as I've spoken for a year, accept my mistakes, apologize for them, apologize how it made that person feel, and then just get back to normal. Well, that was not something that this person is currently interested in. So rather, and this is probably one of the first times I've ever done this, rather than sit there and some of the messages like, buddy, if I was in Indiana, I would have showed up on this person's front fucking door because they were very disrespectful to me. And that's not something I've ever earned from them. Um, that's not something anyone should ever, you know, do to their friends is purposely be disrespectful because you think that you're better than someone. Absolutely not. But rather than combat that word, vomit that and get that all out and say that to this person, I was like, you know what? It doesn't even matter. Cause I did ask, I was like, like, this doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter if that's what you want. It is what it is. I got to get back to work. I love you talk to you later because that's how I really feel I do love this person do I think how they've been acting towards me is okay no do I agree with it no do I think it's shitty and disrespectful absolutely but that's where they're at that's where they're at and that that's been the biggest lesson since I moved here on my own is just taking a step back and being like all right well that's where that person's at it's not where I'm at so I'm gonna keep it moving but that's where they're at so it is what it is this, this aspect of trying to control and trying to solve and trying to fix every situation with every person that I've encountered is fucking exhausting. Are there people that deserve the effort from me? Yeah. My mom, probably, you know, my partner, the love of my life, some of my best friends, like if, if Chelsea had an issue with me, And we've had our issues. Don't get me wrong. I almost lost my best friend because I was so protective over her that I was overprotective and it ended up hurting her. I will never make that mistake again. If she had a problem with me, I'll do whatever I can to fix it. But not everybody deserves that level of respect from me. Not everybody deserves that time and commitment from me. It's dependent upon the person. It's dependent upon upon how you treat me. Not everybody deserves your time and effort to make a problem go away. And sometimes really ask yourself, what's the problem? Like, what's the problem? You know, like you need to analyze it. Is it a problem in your eyes? If not, then fucking bounce. Like, just go. Like that person is not going to see your side. 
you don't agree with their side, you don't think it's a problem, that they think a problem, or vice versa, so fucking walk on, just fucking walk, it's really not worth it, like, people come and go, yes, there's people you want to keep in your life, and there's people that you value and love, and, and want to keep forever, and be close to, but what people have to understand is that we're constantly, or we should be, let me beat, 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 back up, we should be constantly growing, so if you're constantly growing, and you're constantly trying, some people's rate of growth is very different from yours. There are some people that I've, you know, not had like a falling out with or anything, but I've pushed a wedge between our friendships because I feel like they're in the same place, doing the same shit, not expanding their mindset, not trying to gain perspective, and they're they're kind of stuck. But it's not up for me to determine when they need to jump on the horse of change. You know, it's it's not up for me to decide when those things are going to start to prevail for them. Their current lifestyles and their current way of thinking does not align with me. So I just create a little space. If they were to ask me, you know, hey, like you've been a little spacious lately. Why is that? I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to kindly say, you know, where you're at right now is very different than the path that I'm taking. And I just, you know, I had to make a little space. Uh, I'm not judging you. It's just not for me. You know, like we don't fucking sit there and sip cream soda and sip root beer and be like, fuck everyone who drinks cream soda. No, it's just not for me. I'm a root beer girl. You know, like (laughs) it's as simple as that. People, people want to sit there and condemn people for not liking certain things. Okay. What's a basic white dude name? Chad. All right, Chad, you like tall blondes. You don't like short brunettes. Like, we're not sitting here talking shit about you because you have a preference. That's where people get it fucked up. Maybe my preference is not your preference. Why are we all condemning each other and talking shit to each other and fucking canceling people left and right because our preferences are different? You know what I'm saying? Like, really, 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 really think about that. I see it in so many different types of people. I'm not even going to dig into the specifics of the certain type of people that I feel have been most hateful in the past year, but I'm sure you can deduct who those people are, the ones that are super opinionated. And if you don't have their opinion, you're wrong. No, absolutely fucking not. That's not how the world should work or does work for that matter. And we got to quit this cancel culture bullshit. Like my, my, perspective on things is different. My preference on things is different. You know, it is what it is. Just because I don't like to do what you do, or I don't like what you like, that doesn't mean anything's wrong with it. Why? Like, it's just not for me. It's not my preference. Like I said, Chad likes tall blondes, not short brunettes. I like fucking root beer, not cream soda. That doesn't mean that all short brunettes should fucking storm Chad's frat house and beat his ass. And that doesn't mean if you see me drinking a root beer, you should be mad that it's not cream soda. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it light with that one. I'm looking at my notes, looking at my notes. 20-something, 20-everything book, soul-searching. Yeah, you guys got to definitely get that. No names. Did a pretty good job with that one. I mean, you obviously know who my sister is, my mom, and the love of my life. But harsh judgment. Yeah, we talked about that. Haven't time. Haven't had time to appreciate my own accomplishments. Talked about that. Upset, yeah, yeah, 
Subway is expensive. Fuck yeah, it is. Makes me nauseous, too. I have extreme motion sickness, so I gotta, like, keep my head down every time I ride it. Um, okay, let's end on a good note. The very last thing I wrote. What have I loved? What have I loved about New York? Um, something that is really fucking cool that a lot of people don't realize is there are a shit ton of parks here. There are parks everywhere. Like, I go on hikes every single day. Um, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but, like, New York is literally like a mountain and you know we just fucking built on top of it it's very hilly there's mountainous areas there's rocks everywhere like we just built on top of a mountain guys that's all it is it there's a lot of space here so if you're if that's a concern as far as visiting or like if you're wanting you know to move to New York for a short amount of time or whatever you want like just know that there are parks everywhere you can get really good hikes in like you can get anywhere on the subway there's beaches there's parks there's city life there's private life like it's very evident why people fucking love New York because you get every aspect of each thing. I'm sitting literally in between a piece of a mountain and a fucking the Hudson River right now in the middle of a park. You know, it's it's not all crazy city, loud, honking, all that shit that people think like stereotypical New York. Um, I live in an area that is a uh, Dominican culture. So I am the minority which is fucking cool to some people that would be scary, but it's not like I am a white female. Like I enjoy being the minority, the stuff that I am, the music I'm listening to, the the language I'm listening to, learning about the streets, learning about the people that have had those businesses there for 30 years, like seeing little kids on the street learning. Like I have, I've had to learn like El Perro es lindo. Like the dog is nice because people are fucking scared of my dog, which I get. Their culture doesn't do dogs. They're not raised with dogs. And we're in New York, so it's not like everybody's just got fucking dogs of my size running around. A lot of people have, like, little yappy dogs, which, to each their own. Um, Love Brooklyn. I uh, shout out to Jordan Berry for (laughs) helping me decide where I was going to live. She was so helpful and sent me, you know, different websites and different things. And I remember her saying, you know, if you live in Brooklyn, you'll very rarely make it over to the city. But if you live in the city, you can make it to Brooklyn. And she's like, if you're going to be here for a short amount of time, you know, it's really worth the experience to live in Manhattan. And that's what I did. Um, I don't regret it. However, I do fucking love Brooklyn. It's it's a lot more my vibe than where I actually live. It's a fuck ton more expensive, too. Um, But Williamsburg, Williamsburg is beautiful there's a place called domino park you guys should look it up it's so fucking cool um it's just and then long island city you got the pepsi sign it's just like there's so much culture and history here um and i i'm really thankful because i feel like the first week that aaron and i were here was we wanted to hit all of these like touristy places and monuments i've been to them but he has never been to them. So it was really cool for me to share like pieces of why I love this city so much with him. Um, but now that he's come back, he's here right now. He's here for the week. Um, now that he's come back, we've got to do more like residential things, like not as much touristy, but going to like local restaurants and walking through the park and going on hikes and like actually getting comfortable with me living here type of thing. Um, I wrote down, you know, music, Brooklyn, Domino Park. Oh, something really cool I got to do, which this is just like, uh, it further commends New York's opportunities. Um, 
I got to work the movie premiere for In the Heights. And let me just tell you that the people who, the, the crew and the publicists and the people for Warner Brothers were so fucking kind. Like, they were so nice, so respectful. Um, we were all drenched in sweat, in sweat. It was 90 degrees. It's an outdoor venue that I work at. Um, it was just, it was intense. But they were so nice. They were kind. They were patient. Um, while the movie premiered uh, to kick off the Tribeca Film Festival, and then after the movie showed, everyone, the actors and their families and their guests came to the location, and uh, they were, like, just as nice. It was incredible. It was, like, such a great experience. I had the opportunity to meet Anthony Ramos, and he was just so kind and so humble, and, you know, I I remember because I was bartending. And um, that's another thing. If anyone out there tells you that bartending and serving is not a fucking trade, not everyone can do it, point one. And point two, it gets you opportunities that you would otherwise never fucking have. I was in a room with so many people that give and have had opportunities that some people are fucking blowing up their emails and phones right now trying to get a hold of them and I got to make them a drink and talk to them for 20 minutes so don't ever don't ever ever let anyone shit on you for being a server or a bartender or in the service industry so even I met a a girl in Central Park named Natalie and she has a podcast as well um fuck I can't remember the name of it uh something about a wedding it's Natalie Vero V-E-R-R-O and her um fiance Ryan and they have a podcast. It's really great. I'll post it on the blog because I'm forgetting it right now. Um, but she works at uh, Avra Madison, which is where the Real Housewives of New York go. You know, like it, Frank Sinatra was there. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's uh, not when it was Avra Madison, but you, you get my point. Like the opportunity is all there in the service industry. So don't don't let anyone ever punk you for that. Um, but that all being said. Anthony Ramos was so kind, and I remember the the publicists and the the people for Crown Royal, because he's the face of Crown Royal, were coming, and they were like, we're going to have the main star back there. We need you to make room. We And they were moving all of my shit. If you're a bartender, you know how annoying this is. Like, I have my shakers. I've got my speed rail. I've got my you know, my lemons and limes in places where it's easy for me to grab. You create a fucking flow, and they were moving my goddamn flow for this actor. And I was so irritated. And I was like, great, I'm gonna have some guy back here who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, who's rude, who just takes a picture, because that is my perception of most actors. (laughs) Um, And that's not what happened at all. That's not even close to what happened at all. He was so nice. He was having fun. Uh, I taught him how to make a Vegas bomb. He was just shaking crown. And uh, it just, it was just such a great experience. He like offered and said, did you like, do you need anything else? Is there anything I can help with? Sorry, I was in your way. And I was like, dude, can we get a picture? Like, you're so humble. You're so kind. And I thought that that was really, really impeccable of, of breaking that stereotype for me. You know, I feel like a lot of us, our perceptions are based on stereotypes that have been curated by our family lives or, you know, one shit situation that we've had. And it's really nice when those stereotypes get broken. Um, it allows you to be more gentle and a little more kind on your next experience thereafter. So, um, but yeah, it was a great experience. I'm trying to think of all the things that I've like loved. There's just been so much. 
Central Park is great. You can't go wrong. Um, the convenience of the subway is immaculate, even though it makes me sick to my stomach. Like it, <laughs> you can get anywhere. You can do anything. It's so, so convenient. I do, however, have my car here so I can travel home when I want. Parking is a bitch, but the subway is amazing. Um, like I said, the parks and rec, Ooh, sorry. I have a hiccup. The recreation is impeccable. Um, my bedroom's fucking dope too. I need to like take some pictures and post it with, uh, with the blog and just giving people some insight into the things that I've been experiencing. Um, trying to work on, you know, getting a YouTube channel together. I've created one a year ago, but never did anything with it. Um, you know, life gets busy and in the way and it just wasn't a priority for me. So that's another thing that I could dive in. I'm going to dive in on a different time, but you know, just be honest with yourself. Like, don't sit there and be like, I, I don't have time. I, I, I didn't get to do this. I didn't do that. No, it just wasn't a priority. And that's okay. Like sometimes certain things are not a priority, even though I've sat there a million times and been like new episode coming out, this, that, and the other, like, yeah, my intentions in that moment were a new fucking episode, but it just didn't happen because it, it wasn't fully a priority. I had other things that were more important to me. So that's what I fucking did. So, um, I think that's it guys. Just want to remind you again to check out the website. It's chinosbest.com. C H E E K N O W S B E S T.com. Um, there's some really cool stuff there. You can get access to the podcast. You can get access to the blog. You're going to see there's a section called Chino chats. And what that does is, um, it allows you to choose however you'd like to communicate with me. If you want to be anonymous, if you have a problem, you need somebody to talk to, anything of that nature. Uh, we can do voice memos. We can do a phone call. We can do a Zoom. You know, it, like I said, I'm not a licensed therapist, nothing like that. But I do think I'm pretty intelligent, humbly speaking. And I do think that I've had a really, really amazing life thus far, um, good, bad, and in between that can help other people. So check that out. Let me know your thoughts. Um, I do want to take the last minute just to say how thankful I am for my boyfriend, Aaron. Um, he has been so patient. He's been so kind. He literally had to sign for me to get my apartment. Um, he didn't pay for anything. I know that was kind of a, a thing that a bunch of people brought up was, didn't he pay for this? Didn't he fund you to move? No, he fucking didn't. He could have because he's intelligent and he's successful, but I did this on my own. Um, he did help sign for my apartment. He did move me here. He's been gracious enough to let me live out my dream. Um, and truth be told, we would probably be engaged and living together right now. And sometimes that's a tough pill for me to swallow because I do love him immensely but his patience and his understanding. And like I said, the entire month of May was pretty rough because I was very angry at the world. I was feeling regret. I was feeling fear. Uh, I had a lot of negative emotions. And, and I do want to, let me rephrase that. Being depressed and being sad are not negative emotions. Okay. They're normal, natural emotions. And I was having those. I took a lot of those things out on him. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of fear that I was kind of pushing onto him 
and starting fights for no reason because all I had was me, myself, my sleep and Netflix. And that was about it when I first moved here. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of allowed myself to fall apart. I allowed myself to, sorry about the plane, guys. Um, I allowed myself to not be busy. I allowed myself to not work. I, I feel like I went through like a depression and a burnout all at the same time. Um, and that was really hard on both of us, but I know it was also hard on him because, you know, having not only the love of your life be sad and depressed and upset, but having them like nitpick every single thing that you're doing because their free time is not being spent in a positive way was really hard on him. So I just wanted to take a minute to say I appreciate him. Um, I appreciate, you know, my best friends and the greatest humans that I have been able to call friends, reaching out to me, checking in on me. Like I've already mentioned, my best friend, Chelsea, love of my life, my first true soulmate, um, Aaron Caparella, Megan Gifford, you know, Aaron Caparella, some of you call her trap. Um, just, you know, all of my guy friends, my guy friends took Aaron golfing, um, Seth, Seth, <laughs> Seth and Seth, Spoons, Jason, all of them. Like these people have just been so helpful to me. Zach and Ashley Hommel, you heard. Um, Hannah has been so tremendously helpful uh, when I first moved here and like gearing me up to move here and supporting me. Um, Brittany, Hannah, Chelsea and Aaron for throwing my going away party. Everyone who came to the going away party. But let me tell you fuckers this last thing I'm going to say. People will always fucking doubt you. They will always doubt you. And they will always talk shit about you. And sometimes when they are openly talking shit about you in front of you and they don't care who's hearing, it's because they don't respect you. Just know that. Because at my own going away party where I was surrounded by love and amazing friends and I probably won't have all those people in the same space again until my fucking 30th birthday or my wedding. It was an amazing opportunity. And I had people there at my own going away party, my well-wishing party, making bets on how long I would last here in New York. Let that sink in. Let that sink in that people who came to support me moving made bets on how long I wouldn't be able to accomplish my dreams. So, just know that. Just know that when you are working on accomplishing your dreams, you're going to have some fucked up people in some fucked up situations. The dream prevails. The dream prevails. Just remember that. So thank you guys so much for listening. I know this is a little bit longer than I expected. There's tons of other things that I want to chat about, um, but I'm going to say that for a different episode. I hope this is a good, you know, here I am, first episode back. I hope it sounds clear. I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please let me know. If you could take a minute to rate the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Leave a comment, um, you know, however you want to. Share these episodes. Check out the website. I know I'm asking a fucking lot. I just would really love some feedback, good, bad, and in between. So thank you again for listening. Chinosbest.com. Shout out to the Scallywags. You know who you are. <laughs> And I uh, can't wait to talk to you guys next episode. Have a great day.